May only your word be spoken, O Lord. May only your word be heard. Amen. Several times last week, folks asked me what the gospel passage was going to be for this Sunday. And every time I told them, their reaction was the same. Oh, God, I hate that passage. (laughs) Truth be told, that was my reaction when I first saw this was our passage. I've come to set man against his father and a daughter against her mother and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Come on, Jesus, you're supposed to be the Prince of Peace, not the Prince of Jerry Springer. I could say that Jesus talking about family members being against each other harkens back to Micah 6, verse 7. Dang it, I did that the same thing in the first service. It's Micah 7, verse 6. Um, I know that's going to make a difference for everybody here. You'd be very confused. The son-in-law treats the father with contempt. The daughter rises up against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So obviously, this passage was in Jesus' mind when he was speaking to his disciples. But in the context, what was going on with Micah was things in Israel had gotten so bad, the people had strayed so far from God's ways that he was describing the way things were. Families were against each other. Children were treating their parents with contempt. So it would be a little disingenuous to say that Jesus was just trying to remind people of Scripture. He didn't say that children were treating their parents badly. He was saying that because of him, because of Jesus, because of people believing in him and following his teachings, Parents and children were going to turn against one another. Those who didn't follow him were going to turn against those who did. And this really isn't all of that, all that surprising to those who have read the gospel. Jesus was a polarizing figure. On the one hand, he healed people. He was a champion of the poor and the downtrodden. He had a lot of wonderful teachings that we love to hear, like, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We love that one. On the other hand, Jesus wasn't just the easy listening station. There was a lot of metal to him as well. There was a lot of raging against the machine to Jesus, raging against the machine of religious moral superiority coupled with economic and social injustice. Jesus did not mince words when denouncing religious leaders who demanded religious perfection from others and yet did not care for the vulnerable and the needy. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearances say long prayers. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, because y'all are supposed to be using the money given to you by others who have to help people who have a hard time getting by. And instead, you're demanding as a religious duty money even from those who are having a hard time in order to beautify the temple. Do you really think God is going to be pleased with a pretty building while his people are suffering? 
If you really want to please God, Jesus taught, then love God and love people. Care for people. Help them in their hours of need. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Sacrifice your own safety and security in order to help people who are vulnerable, needy, down and out, rejected and downtrodden. Love God and love people, Jesus taught. And don't even pretend that you love God if you don't love people. There's no way that we can love God through religion if we don't love people through daily life and action. Folks like the scribes and the Pharisees, they dotted every I and crossed every T of their religious duties, but they didn't like hearing that they actually had to care about people. They didn't like hearing that they would actually have to sacrifice some of their own comfort and security in order to help the less fortunate and according to their theology, less deserving people. They actually thought that those who were down and out deserved it. I have what I have because I'm a good God-fearing person and I earned it, they thought. Those others would be better off if they would just fear God like I do and worked harder. That was what folks thought about the poor and the downtrodden back then. And Jesus was having none of it. No, guys, the kingdom of God belongs to them, too. And the kingdom of God is actualized in this world when you who have enough and more than enough do all in your power to make sure that those who don't have enough are cared for as well. And folks didn't like hearing that. They actually killed Jesus for saying things like that. Jesus was a polarizing figure. And folks who really engaged with Jesus either loved him Or were pretty turned off by what he said and did. He claimed to be God. He claimed to be the way and the truth and the life. He upset people's comfortable focus on themselves and forced them to take a hard look at others and their needs. And he taught folks to take a hard look at their own lives and at their own needs and to see how some of what they were doing might be harming others. Truly taking Jesus seriously today, he's still a polarizing figure. You can love him. You can pretty well be turned off by him. Or you can assume that he didn't really mean much of what he said. And when we take seriously Jesus' teachings and living as he taught, believing in Jesus as the way and the truth and the life, then some people are going to turn against us. Even grace is going to turn people against us sometimes. Grace is great for those whom we feel deserve it, but when we offer grace for those people whom don't deserve it, well, that's going to make people go against us. That's going to anger people, and Jesus would have us do so anyway, rather than take the easy road and get on the bandwagon of self-righteousness and condemnation. Take up your cross daily and follow me, Jesus said. Let parts of you die daily in order to give grace to others. Let some of your needs die in order to help provide for the needs of others. Be willing to accept the death of relationships that will come when people turn against you for taking Jesus seriously. A friend and colleague of Kristen's was at a fundraiser 
It's a fellow priest, and he was this fundraiser. It was a raffle to support a girls' softball team in his community. And one of the raffle items was was an AR-15, and he thought that was a little odd, raffling off this rifle at this fundraiser for a girls' softball team. He's not the biggest gun enthusiast. Um, And so he spent thousands of dollars on raffle tickets so that he could win the rifle, which he did. And then he had a friend who works with metal help him turn it into gardening tools. Swords into plowshares. Fairly gospel-centric. He took an instrument of death and turned it into instruments of life, and he has received death threats for doing so. He lost friends and received thousands of hateful messages, and he'd do it again, seeking life rather than the possibility of death. Jesus' teaching that he has come to set family members against each other is still not my favorite passage to hear. It's not exactly the feel-good film of the summer. The reality of suffering ridicule, of straining and even losing relationships over Jesus' teaching and taking Jesus seriously is the way of Jesus. What Jesus taught in our gospel passage today is the way of him who is the way and the truth and the life. And do we dare then take Jesus seriously? And I think about what the world would be like if we do and the changes in the world when we and other Christians in mass, in huge numbers, acknowledge and share in our faith in Jesus Not through religious moral superiority while ignoring the needs of others, but through living and sharing our faith in Jesus by daily sacrificing greatly for the sake of others. That's life following the way of Jesus. That's life in the Jesus movement. And it's darn hard. And as if I I think about this passage and think only about myself, then I don't want to hear Jesus' words. But when I think about others, then I want to hear more of His words. When I think about others and their needs, I want Jesus' words to change me. When I think about others, I find hope and joy With some fear and trepidation, I find hope and joy in today's passage because following in his words, we get to be a part of the Jesus movement in which we do sacrifice our own safety and security for the sake of others to provide safety and security for those who don't have enough. We get to also accept grace from Jesus for all those times when we don't. And we get to offer the grace of Jesus to those who don't deserve it. We get to offer grace even to those who would turn against us for taking Jesus seriously and following him as the way and the truth and the life. We get to be a part of the Jesus movement, knowing that there will be consequences, knowing that there will be cost. But choosing for the sake and the love of others in spite of that cost, to follow Jesus.